0: Hey, man, guys. Uh, I've had a, a pretty challenging week. Um, I think the, the, the cool thing about uh, just being a Christian is I feel like you know we kind of live our life as uh, followers of, of Christ in, in week, week form. Um, you know, week to week. You know, Sunday to Sunday. And so this week has been super challenging. So I, I thought it'd be good to kind of share about my challenging week. Uh, and what God's been teaching me, uh, Joel. Uh, last week, he, you know, he shared about you know being spiritually dehydrated. For those that, that were there Sunday, I encourage you to uh, if you if you weren't able to attend, listen to it online on YouTube. Uh, it was really cool, it was just about being dehydrated spiritually, and it really resonated with me because um, I have I have I have a, an embarrassing history with dehydration, um, which I'll share. Um, okay, and so obviously. No, um, I shared last week that my wife and I were training for a half marathon and, and it's important to be, you know, hydrated. And so we're, we're running more. Um, I always thought that I, w- I was a well-hydrated individual. Uh, I definitely wouldn't say I drink how much you, uh, the normal amount, which is our 8 to 12 cups on average of, of water a day. Yeah. Uh, but I, I drink water. Um, mm-hmm. Don't drink soda. Um, the LaCroix is like the, the most exotic drink that, that I drink. And so, um, uh, I found myself, uh, in a challenge situation last week, uh, where I got kidney cells. Oh, um, wow. it wasn't the first time I had it, so I, I, I kind of was prepared, uh, in my early 20s, I was working at a furniture store, uh, in Portland, and the, uh, I was the, the stock room, uh, coordinator. And I, you know, lifting furniture all day, you know, moving furniture, um, You know, during the summertime, Mm -hmm. um, I got kidney stones back then. And the the doctor says, yeah, you usually get kidney stones either because of your diet um, or, you know, you're dehydrated. And I found out that that I was drinking water even back then. But they're like, for the amount of water that you're losing, you weren't drinking enough to replenish what you're losing. So that's kidney stones. Um, I found myself one morning crumpled up on the floor of my apartment. uh, Had to call the ambulance because I didn't have a car back then. My mom, she's at work. I was like, I called him. I was like, Mom, I don't know what's going on. Um, so the fire, fire, the ambulance came, you know, <laughs> carried me out on the stretcher. Um, and uh, at the time, yeah, I was, I was struggling. At the time, looking back, I was like, man, that's so funny. Like I just had, I had kidney stones, um, which are very painful. I don't, I'm not to undersell kidney stones, very, very painful. And so last week, I found myself, you know, struggling with kidney stones. And um, glory be to God, I'm fine now. Hey, but uh, I was realizing it's so debilitating. I, I literally couldn't do nothing. I'm just like trying to wait for the the, the um, Tylenol to kick in. I'm drinking a lot of fluids. I've uh, learned how to you know deal with kidney so stones. They they weren't they weren't really big, but you know small kidney stones still hurts. Um, so drink a lot of water, pineapple, pomegranate juice, everything that kind of helps. Um, and I just was, as I was coming out of it, I was just realizing, like, man, how debilitating, how, like, just humbling that situation was. I like, mean, like, I just can't do nothing. You know, I was trying, I had to call out of work. Um, and I was just struggling. And so a lot of other situations just put me in, like, humiliating, not, just humble circumstances. My job. Um, I was in charge of running this big uh, event for a job. You know, it went very well. I was feeling really good about myself, Got a lot of compliments from coworkers and people that attended this event that I, that I was in charge of. So I was like, you know, walking around with, you know, a little pep in my step. We had a recap meeting at my job, and, and you know, uh, there's the beginning was like, yeah, that was an awesome event, but here's what's, what was wrong with it, right? Um, and I was like, immediately my, my high just went like down here. Um, and I was like, wow, like, I, I, that doesn't feel good. And I feel like uh, various little things, which I'll share in depth, that happened as well. I feel like God was trying to teach me a lesson about humility, mm. um, and you know, I'm very grateful for that lesson. And I'll share what God has uh, taught me. Um, so the title of this lesson this morning is "Humility and Its Friends." Humility and its friends. <laughs> um, God has been really teaching me a, a lot about humility, and the reason why I felt He had a, had a kind of in me some teachings on humility is mm. because um, I saw a lot of my, a lot in my life where I was very prideful. Mm-hmm. um and that's, that in itself that realization is very humble um, there's a scripture that kind of put it all in place for me kind of put it in uh, perspective perspective with uh, me to Proverbs chapter six Hi David, uh, Hi, David. humility and his friends so <laughs> I, I'd like to talk about um humility of course right and some friends of humility uh in Proverbs chapter six this kind of frame you know uh why we're talking about this uh this subject in Proverbs chapter six. starting in verse 16, right off the bat. It says, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you know, in the religious world, a lot of these would be called like the seven deadly sins. Um, there's a lot of different terms for it but all, all I need is, is the term that the Bible says Yeah, six things that the Lord hates seven that are detestable Two. so I, I put before these things are pretty important right Like th- that it calls out that, that God hates these things and the first thing he calls out is haughty eyes which is, is pride pride is the very first thing that, that, the, that the Bible lists as what God hates mm. um, and so when I read the scripture I was like alright yeah that's enough to put the fear of the fear of the Lord in me. Like I don't want to be doing, want to be have something in my character that God hates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that he that not only does he hate that is detestable to him, uh, and that's pride. And the thing I, I realized is that how often that I cannot make that correlation. Like we all can kind of understand what pride, we, we kind of kind of may have know what what it is, but yeah, I think we don't often correlate how much God hates pride. How much that that he, he d- despises it, and so I was like, all right, it's pretty important that I I study out humility, right? That I that I know uh, uh, the opposite of pride, humility. That, that I study it out, uh, and so that's where this uh, this lesson comes from. And then yeah. I did some research, and I'm like, all right, you know, pride, I can wrap my head around it. And there's this uh, this uh, article that called out um, one, two, three, four, five, seven things that. Uh, seven areas of your life where where people are prideful, but they don't really tend to realize it. So I thought I'd share it, right? Pretty important. Signs of pride in your life. Um, Hating correction. Mm -hmm. Um, Difficult time admitting failures. Not asking for help and rejecting support. Mm. Signs that pride is in your life. Taking on more than you can handle sign of pride now here's where i it kind of threw me for a loop i don't know if you guys have heard the saying that that god doesn't give you more than you can handle yeah. you guys heard that right you guys realize that that is not true like no. the, the the quote the scripture i'm going to show you the scripture that people tend to go to when they say oh god doesn't give you more than you can handle so i, I forgot this is totally bonus extra that, that i learned i want to share with you guys we go to first corinthians yeah. put, a, put a pen real quick I heard even, even funny things I was sharing about my week. And someone shared this quote. And I was like, wait, let me, let me figure out what's really going on. 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. You get that where this saying comes from. 10, 13. The Bible, the Bible says. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, yeah. and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it, and so this, this scripture gets you know, misconstrued a lot from temptation to you know uh, kind of feeling overwhelmed, like having too much on your plate. And that's not what the scriptures teach teaching. The scripture says God will not tempt you beyond what you can bear. Mm. But he totally will give you more than you can handle in your life. Why is that? So that we rely on him right. and not ourselves. God totally will overwhelm you with, with things. So that you can realize that, hey, I cannot do this by myself. I need God. So hopefully, if you're feeling overwhelmed, know that, hey, if we're feeling overwhelmed, that means, hey, we need to go to God and ask him to carry our burdens, right, like the scripture says. He right? says, cash, your, your are carrying burdens on me. Right, So I thought I'd just share that with you. If you hear someone say, God doesn't give you more than anything yeah. like Yeah, he does. He gives you more that you can handle so that you rely on him and not yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, just throw that out there. Uh, so going back to the list, uh, unforgiveness. Signs that you have this pride in your life. If there, there's some things in your life that you have, some people that you have not forgiven. Signs that there's some pride in your life if you have unforgiveness that isn't dealt with. Uh, desperate for attention, right? Doing things that, that, that where you kind of want to be seen or heard or or, or praised uh, or acknowledged. It's a sign that pride can be in your life. Uh, and then lastly, uh, not lastly, there's obviously more areas, but these are kind of the common ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, worry, right? If there's worry in your life, the signs that there's some pride that, that you need to deal with. Because usually when we worry, we tend to kind of not rely on God. And we tend to kind of rely on ourselves and kind of fix it ourselves. Um and that causes even more worry, ironically. Um, but worry, signs of pride in your life. So as I was reading down the list, uh, this list, I was like, man, I, I really need to, to examine my life, one, to make sure that that, uh, that there's no areas of pride in my life. I need to go after uh, humility. If God hates it, if it's detestable to Him, um, I need to focus on humility. Uh, turn yeah. me to James uh, chapter 4. Come on, bro. Um, one of the, the famous scriptures about pride. James chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, But he gives us more grace. Amen for grace. Amen. You know? <laughs> that is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Um, and here's, you know, if you need this little extra motivation, you know, not only does God hate pride, he, he opposes you. So I don't know if you feel opposed or, or feel blocked by God. Maybe there's some pride that you got to like deal with in your life. Bible says, hey, God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Mm. Um, I don't want to be opposed by God. So I need to talk about, I need to uh, study out humility. I need to talk about humility this morning. But I want to talk about some companions, some friends of humility this okay. morning. First point is humility's funny friend, faith. Humility has a friend that's very funny at times. Uh, it's faith. Um, there's a, throughout, throughout this lesson, I, I felt like I needed to share some humbling moments in my life, um, one for myself to, to make sure I don't think of myself highly than, than I ought to, but I figured it'd be, it'd, it'd be interesting to share. Um, there's one instance, my wife and I were traveling in Portland um, yesterday, and I drove by my old middle school. It was right by where my mom used to live, and, and immediately the memory started flooding uh, through my mind. A lot of a lot of great great memories, a lot of challenging memories. And one in particular that I thought I'd share with you guys. Um, in middle school, you know, I, I love playing basketball. Um, my friends and I, we'd always have this routine, right? When lunchtime come around, we'd run to the lunchroom, grab our lunch, try to be the first in line, grab our lunch, scarf down our lunch, and run outside to play basketball so we have the most time to, to play. And so we do this and then we also have this another ritual that we do at, when the bell rang. We would try to be the first person uh, persons to class, so we sprint right, try to beat everybody uh, into school. I don't know why. I was, I, I mean, I'm, I was small. Imagine me like really, I was smaller than most uh, most uh, kids in elementary school. This sixth grade, the, the story I'm sharing. So I was I was pretty fast, at least I thought I was pretty fast. And uh, so there's one day, the bell rings, I'm getting ready to run, and my friend uh, he pants he pants me. Uh, to, to kind of beat me to beat me uh into uh into class and remember remember, remember, remember we're trying to be the first persons in so it's in front of everyone. Everybody everyone's just laughing at me. I'm just like imagine like you have your those nightmares where you're like in the front of the front of class in front of everybody and just that was that really happened to me. Um, so humiliating. Um, I learned something that day that uh I needed to be prepared which I think that kind of plays into my fear of animals. Like I want to be prepared for everything. Um, so what I did from that day on, um, I would always wear a pair of basketball shorts just under my, under my uh, pants. <laughs> Without fill. So that if I ever was pants again, like I, I was ready for it. Um, it. And that in itself gave me confidence. Like I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be embarrassed again. If I get pants, I'm, I'm going to be ready. Um, I'll never forget that day in my life. Um, this is a little humiliating story that i like to share um, with you guys. Uh, <laughs> um, and the funny thing is, a lot of times in the Bible, when we, when we, when we read stories about humility, um, faith is closely tied to it. Um, so much that I'll dare to say that, that you cannot separate humility from faith. If you're not humble, you, it's, it's, it's hard to have faith without humility. Um, mm-hmm. Why well, did I say that? There's a great uh, scripture and story in Matthew 15 Come on. that I think epitomizes what when we're humble, what happens. And I think if we look back into our lives and, and times when we realize when we when we thought about times when God had done something, we and there's great faith that came from it. Humility is not far from that. And Matthew 15 is where we pick up. One David Matthew 15. Faith is a close friend of humility. Matthew 15, starting in verse 21, the Bible reads, Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly. (coughs) demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out after us. Now we can stop right here. Now imagine you are this woman here. Um, imagine what's going on right here. Jesus is, if if, if I were make a comparison, which isn't even, I don't even think could compare, would be like, imagine how popular Jesus was at this time. This is, this is before Right, he started getting really persecuted, and people trying to like kill him. This is when Jesus has a height of like popularity among everybody. Everybody's coming to see and hear, hear and preach, and see miracles be done. This woman steps out, crying out in the middle. Imagine Jesus always had crowds around, right? That's why mm-hmm. the Bible makes it a point to say uh, he withdrew, right? There's people always around. This woman comes up crying out to him. One that that has to like all eyes is dart to this woman, right? Not only that. Imagine how you feel in that situation. See, then goes and say, hey, this is what's going on in my life. Uh, my uh, daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession, which isn't, that's not something that you would, I would imagine, something you would just be happy to share, right? Hey, my right. kid is like, suffering from demon possession, if, if it wasn't Jesus. That's not something that people just, hey, hey, yeah, come meet my child who's demon possessed. It's not something that was a happy thing to share. Yeah, she just puts herself out there. This is what's going on. I can't imagine that's a that's an encouraging thing to do. But let's see Jesus' reaction. In verse 23, Jesus did not answer her words, so his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I will send only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me. He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Now, if you were to just pinpoint on this section, this will seem like a pretty harsh thing for Jesus to say, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus, here himself saying, hey, I didn't come for you, a Canaanite woman. This woman was not a part of God's people, a part of Israel's Canaanite, which that would be us, right? You no, know, I don't think there's any born and bred Israelites here, right? We're all Gentiles, right? That's what this woman was, a Canaanite woman. Jesus says, hey, I did not come for you. I came for the lost sheep of Israel, the Israelites. Now, imagine adding that layer to the story. She comes, throws herself down, embarrassing situation. Not only I'm crying out in front of this crowd, I'm talking about my daughter that's demon-possessed, and then Jesus' response, I didn't come for you. Basically, say, I'm, I'm not here to help you. That's basically what's happening. Now, that makes, I, I don't know about you, I, I feel like Christ. It's like, man, are you kidding me? Let's keep reading. In 25, the woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said replied it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs 27 yes Lord she said but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table now I've read this this passage a bunch of times and and when I really broke it down from from what Jesus was saying what was going on with this woman it really like just impacted me not only does Jesus say hey I didn't come for you equates it to a dog right let's just be real and then she says hey not only does she, she doesn't combat Jesus' assertion here. She says, but yes, even the dogs take the crumbs from the master's table. She's like, okay, yes, I'm not from Israel. I'm not a part of your people. I just want the crumbs from your table. I just yeah. want something, right? <laughs> like, imagine the humility to, to, to even say that at that point. Yeah, I would dare say most people will be hurt and just will leave, right, from yeah. that situation, yeah. right? You're out there in the open. Jesus <laughs> says, says these things to you. I, I imagine most people would have cut and ran. This woman says, no, I'm not leaving. I, okay, yeah, I'm not a part of your people, Jesus. I just want something. I just need your help. Mm. In verse 28, then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now, we know Jesus there was a there's a method to what he just did. He was testing this woman's humility. Mm. Of course, Jesus, like, immediately, I imagine, immediately when he saw this woman, he had compassion on her. But she's like, I want to I know, this, this woman, how humble is she? Right? And he tests her on it. And we know God tests our hearts. He te- The Bible says it. It says that God tests our hearts. And he tests this woman's humility. Mm-hmm. And we see that, hey, because of her humility, Jesus says, hey, you have great faith. And I thought about me, like, where is my humility at? Our humility is directly tied to the, to the faith that we have. This woman is like, hey, you have great faith because you have great humility. You cannot have one without the other. Um, this is really challenging for me because, um, it, especially as a man, especially as the oldest of six, it's very hard for me to, to ask for help. This woman here, was just, of course, she was asked for help. And that in itself is, is very humbling, right, to, to ask for help as, as a man, as the oldest, no, I don't like asking asking for help. But then I realized, man, how often in my life do I not ask for help? Even when I'm crumpled on the floor with kidney songs, I'm thinking like, man, I do not want to call somebody and say, hey, like I'm struggling with these stones. I'm, I'm I'm rolling around like Like I didn't want to even share that. Um, even when I called into when I called into my job, I, I I decided, hey, I'm just gonna tell them what's going on. Like, hey, I have kidney songs, I can't come into work. Um and that in itself was very hard. And I thought, like, man, how often do I not ask for help for things? Do mm-hmm. I not just humble myself and say, hey, I need some assistance here? Right. And that's one of the things that that the, the writer elicited, right? Not asking for help or refusing support. Mm-hmm. How about you? Are there areas of your life where you're unwilling to ask for help? I felt Quincy did a great job laying out missions. That's an area where, where in the past I've seen how many times I haven't asked for help. When I'm trying to raise money and I don't know what's going to work and what to do, I don't ask for help. And God does not bless pride. He doesn't bless when you don't ask for help. What about you? What areas in your life are you unwilling to ask for help? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's uh, finances, right? Maybe it's, you know, uh, what to study out in, in the Bible. Maybe it's, it's what areas of life do I need to improve on or anything. Listen, I'm, I'm pretty sure even as I'm talking, there's things that are popping up in your head that you're that you're challenged with, that, that you're maybe afraid of asking, asking for help. This woman here was humble and said, hey, you know what? I need help. Yes, I, I'm not a part of Israel. I, I don't deserve you to sit and ask you of this, but I'm uh, going to ask anyway. Jesus recognizes her faith. Um, I have a simple challenge. If, if you want to overcome uh, pride and be humble and, and have great faith, um, we need to go to the Bible. The Bible is, is where we get our faith. The Bible says faith comes from hearing the word. Are you reading your Bible? Are you in there trying to dig and get insight into the scriptures? Maybe that's an area you need to ask for help in. Right? I don't even know where to start, I don't even know what to do, you got a bunch of people in this room, I'm sure that can help you, uh, Read right. your Bible study, I want to challenge you to read your Bible daily this week, uh, and memorize one new verse in the Bible, a verse of the scripture that, that, you, that you haven't memorized before, or maybe the, you just need to start with one, I want to start, once want to challenge you to find a scripture in the Bible to memorize. Um, it's those times when we have those scriptures on hand when we're going through challenging times that, that gets us through it. I want to challenge you guys to go after that and memorize the scripture and believe in the promises of God. Um, second, second uh, point, second friend of humility, um, humility's honest friend, hope. Hope. Um, Share another humiliating time in my life uh, when I was working in said. Uh, uh, Shipping store, uh, shipping department it's for West Elm. I don't know if you, know, you guys know West Town, Sonoma. The, uh, the first store in Portland, and I was I was in charge of the the room. Feeling pretty good at myself. Making the I was single, making the most money I've ever made in my life. Uh, had a two bedroom apartment that I was just living in by myself, um, because of various reasons, which I, I won't go into detail. But I was feeling pretty happy. I was, was twenty one years old. No, nine, yeah, nine, twenty. I was twenty years old. Not many twenty-year-olds that I knew were had their own apartment, right. um, living by themselves and working a job. I was, I was feeling pretty cool. I, was, I felt pretty cool. Let's keep it I felt great. <laughs> um, and I'm re- running this um, uh, shipping apartment, and so people buy their furniture. Um, I was in charge of making sure that their furniture got to them. And this furniture was pretty expensive. It's for built for like lost people that you know, mm-hmm. single people lost. And so the furniture is, is an interesting business model. The furniture, the the quality of it was terrible. It was like veneered, veneered furniture, like wood but not wood. For those you know what that is. <laughs> and it didn't last longer than two years, like it, because they fi- they figured people in law usually don't tend to stay in the same apartment for more than two years. So I felt like the 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 furniture did uh, sort self-destructed <laughs> like after two years, disintegrated. Yeah, great. And so this person comes in and like says, Hey, I just moved into this apartment upstairs. We're on the bottom of the uh, floor of this apartment complex. It's very important. And they're like, I need to furnish my new apartment with everything in here. (laughs) So my job was fired up. So he goes and like picks out like basically his whole furniture, his whole apartment came out to like thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, his order comes in. I'm going out going out picking out his order. And i just was not I, I don't know what happened I just wasn't paying attention like everything that he ordered um i ordered like the and I was there too I was there while he was walking around i i got i gave him like the wrong color and everything like from our stock room I don't know what happened like it was just God humbled me obviously but and so this dude gets he this dude uh he, we uh, put gets his place furnished and it's all in the wrong color wow. so he comes down I remember one day I'm thinking feeling pretty good about myself I just got this great commission for my job this dude's like what the heck like cursing like none of this stuff is what I ordered. and again this, I don't know if you guys have this dream where everyone's like looking at you like just turns at you I remember the, hearing this guy out I, I come out and like everyone looks at me like because they dude. know it's my fault um I was like dang um, one of the worst days of my life. Like just all of me. Like if if I could have turned red, I'm pretty sure I would have been red. <laughs> um, and I remember just being so humiliated. There's nothing I can say. There's no excuse I can say. Oh well, this happened because it was like no, I just just made a mistake. Um, so humiliating. Um, it can be challenging when things are your fault, right? When when not only when bad things happen, what they happen because of you, right? Like that is super challenging. And so I'm like, where can I go in the Bible to kind of maybe get some encouragement to kind of think about okay, how can I, how can I feel good, make this feel, make myself feel good about that situation. And I thought about our brother Jonah in the Bible. So we Jonah. turn to Jonah chapter one. Faith, faith, uh, honest friend, hope. And in uh, Jonah, Jonah chapter one. Now, right off the bat, like Jonah starts off, you know what kind of story this is going to be. Like, and the title it says Jonah flees from the Lord, uh, so we know what, what kind of story this is. And Jonah chapter one says, "The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me." But Jonah ran away, and the Lord uh, ran away from the Lord, and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarsus to flee from the Lord. Mm. Now I shake my head when I read this because not only because this guy flees from the Lord, but how many of us would be fired up to hear from God, like literally hear from God, like hey, go do this, like that would encourage the, the socks out of me, like okay, God is literally speaking to me. But Jonah's response. Was to run, not only run, but this dude pays his own money to to go somewhere to run from God. Like I can't even fathom that. Like okay, I'm not even going to run from word. I'm going to pay money to get away from what God's calling me to do, just to compound, pound that. Um, and the thing is, he says, you no, know, it was just a simple task that God was asking him to do. He was like, hey, I just need you to go and preach the word. That's it. I don't need you to go like. Fight, uh, you know, a giant or anything like that, or to do something. I just need to go and preach the word, right? And when I read this, I I thought about uh, about something just just kind of profound. Like the call that God has for Jonah is the same call He has for us. Says David, I just need you to go and preach the word. Like that's it. I don't need you to do anything like great or 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 grand or or supernatural. I just need you need you to go and preach the word. That's what God calls us in this room to do. I'm assuming we're all here because we love God and want to follow in the footsteps of the Jesus, right? I'm not crazy to assume that, right? This is the call that God has for us. Hey, just say, go and preach the word. But I realized, man, in what ways am I fleeing from God mm. from that call? Like there's many ways that we can run. here, we see Jonah not only you know, fled, he paid to, <laughs> money to get away, far away from that calling, right? And we all in many different ways uh, at different times might run from God, right? And we do it in different ways. But God's call is that you just need to flee, uh you just need to preach the word. And the thing that, that was so simple about this is who was relying on uh Jonah to do his job? The people of Nineveh. They are relying on this dude just to, to follow the command of God, right? And I thought about who in my life is relying on me to follow God's command. There are people that are counting on me To just to come through, just to preach the word, right? That's all that God was asking Jonah to do. Hey, Jonah, just go and preach the word to these guys. They they need to hear the word of God. And there are people in our lives, again, that we're probably thinking of right at this moment that are relying on us, right? They're relying on us just to to come through, to come through and preach the word. Um, I thought about all those people in my life, right? Definitely thought about family first, right? Mm -hmm. We we know there's people in our families that, that, that... they just need to hear the word of God, they just need to follow Jesus, and everything will be great, but are we fleeing from, from them? Are we fleeing from preaching the word to them like Jonah? Um, and the reason why I said humility brings hope is it, we all know the so we don't have time to, to read it all. Uh, Jonah gets on the ship, the storm comes, right? We know the story, and then Jonah finally confesses, hey, the reason why this storm is happening is because of me. Right? Mm-hmm. It's because of me. Like I'm running from God. And so they, he says, "Hey, throw me overboard." He just gets open, he confesses, "Hey, just throw me overboard." And sure enough, the fish swallows him, the storm storm stops. Um, all we have to do is uh, uh, be humble, right? Yeah. And then hope comes. Mm-hmm. Hope is on the right on the other side of humility. For Jonah, it was the same thing. Hope for the Ninevites was on the other side of him being humble and just acknowledging, "Hey, like I'm fleeing from God." And I think that's the first step for us. If you're running from God, the first thing you got to do is just acknowledge, hey, I'm running from God. And really say, you know what? I've not been doing what God is calling me to do. Again, God calls all of us to preach the word. To so our families, reason. people that we meet on the streets, calling us all to do the same thing, but a lot of times like, we just, we flee from God in different ways. Sometimes we even pay money out of our own pocket to flee, to flee uh, from that command. Yeah. But there are people that are depending on us there are people that are hoping on us to follow that simple command. Um, I'll add another challenge for you guys. I'm you to make a list of people that need to hear the word of God. Amen. People that you know, friends, family. i challenge you this week, make a list of those people. Those are the people that, uh, that rely are relying or hoping on you to follow through on the, the command uh, of God to preach the word. Amen. Make a list. Start praying through that list. Right, we all know it starts with prayer. We got to pray for these people in our lives, right? Yeah, we got to pray for them, and then we got to follow through. We got to preach the word, there's no way around it, right? And that's another thing that, too, that, that hit me, especially with family. That I can kind of want to, like, you know, say the right thing or you know, um, not want to ruffle feathers. And then I, when I came down to it, I was like, you know, what? am I being prideful and thinking that hey, I know what's best for my family, I know what's, what's the best way to talk to my family other than just preach the word? Obviously, we got to be wise, but like in humility, we need to go after it. Make a list this week of, of those uh, people that are depending on you to preach the word. Start praying through it. Amen. Ask other people to pray with you. Um, ask God to move, uh, uh, move God to move uh, the ministry here in Seattle. Amen. Make a well, list. Third and final point. Um, humility's lovely friend, love. Love. <laughs> um, There's nothing, you know, nothing epitomizes true love for me as when you can like do something foolish and people still love you, right? Do something super silly. Um, That happened to me last week as well. Um, We have a a baby gate. If those have been in our house, we go up the stairs. There's a baby gate to keep, you know, our youngest from, you know, falling down the stairs, (laughs) um, which always (coughs) happened before we got it. Um, And so I say I come up, come, come. The the I come up the stairs. I go to like go over the gate and I trip. No. Um, we've all fallen in our lives, like we've all fallen down. Like I, I, fought. it's been a while. I don't know if you guys remember. When's the last time you like fell, like, like fell down, like not stumbled, but like, like, this is what happened. I had my backpack on. Oh no, no! Took one step, and then the other leg just caught. Now oh, oh. this is how I fell. <laughs> our daughter was, a, our youngest was asleep in another room. Oh, no. After this, she woke up. There's a chair right here. I lift my leg, get caught, fall, hit the chair. Kareen off the chair, onto the floor. Kareen. Agnes. Yeah. Agnes. Yeah. And it was loud. It's loud. Daughter wakes up. I'm just laying on the floor in front of my wife uh, in front of uh, our daughter um was humiliating i've never felt like that before I, I like to think of myself as pretty like nimble you know. like i don't just you know there's some people that just are clumsy like i'm, I'm not a clumsy person but i've never felt like that uh, before I, I had no control like it was literally slow motion like i felt like, like time was <laughs> i felt like time was really slow but the great thing about that is that you know I humiliated myself in front of my kids. Um, they haven't mentioned it since, um, which is great. But they still love me, right? They, they're not going to hold that against me, and lo- they don't they haven't lost respect for me because I fell so uh, humiliated in front of them. Um, but I thought about that instance, like like you know, humility sometimes comes from you know we get humbled humbled by humiliating the circumstances, right? Yeah. Um, but the great thing about that is that, that you know, mm-hmm. God shows his love uh, for us. Yeah. Even when we humiliate ourselves, even when we mm-hmm. go through humble situations, God still loves us. Yeah. Um, and obviously the, this, this uh, sermon ser- serves as a sermon. And I thought about uh, something that Jesus went through that was very humiliating. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, that's death on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can look at that. And say, wow, like that's that's a powerful thing that Jesus did. Like, totally feel like unworthy, but we can forget how humiliating a situation that was for for Jesus. Yes, painful. Yes, he went through a lot emotionally. But like, just how humiliating that was. And there's a scripture, in Philippians chapter two, yeah, uh, that I want to read. A Couple of scriptures actually um, that kind of drill down, drill down um, on that point. Philippians chapter 2. Now, funny enough, the this, this title of this chapter is Imitating Christ's Humility. In Philippians 2 verse 5 says your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Mm. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that uh, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Being put on the cross uh, was a humiliating, humiliating thing for, for Jesus to go through. Mm-hmm. Now we here knowing that, hey, I, I'm the son of God, right? The Bible says here he lowered himself, right? Humbled himself to being put on the cross. We know that he could have like, you know, that song that we sing, right? Called 10,000 angels, right? Like he could have been out of that situation like that. Mm-hmm. Put on the cross, stripped of his clothes, spit on, crown. Not only that, you get put on the cross, but there's a, a, a plaque that's even making fun of you. Uh, here, here, like, the, the king of the Jews, right? Like, uh, as a uh, mockery. Not only that, you're on the cross and they're gambling for your clothes wow. at your feet while all this is going on. Um, Jesus went through a lot. Um, and the thing that I thought about, was like, man, like, if Jesus is willing to, to be humiliated for me, for my sins, what am I willing to do for, for God, right? Am I willing to put myself in humiliating circumstances, right, uh, that the world makes me humiliating? Yeah. Um, sharing my faith. That, that was one thing as a young Christian um, that, that I, I, I struggle with being, uh, viewing that as a humiliating thing to do. Mm-hmm. So there are times where I, I, I chickened out, right? I had opportunities to share, share what God is doing in my life. that I was like, no, I don't want it to look like. You know, fool in front of all these people. A lot of, a lot of people that, that used to know me. Like, I don't want to put myself in that situation. Mm. I don't want to talk to the stranger while all these people are looking, look at me, and they're gonna hear me. Like, that, that's where my mind went. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I read this, I thought about those times. And how many times uh, do we chicken out? He's playing something. We chicken out because we, we don't want to be seen uh, as foolish to the world. But yet, Jesus Himself. To, to went through so many humiliating things so that we have the chance at salvation. You know, we have the yep. chance to be with them. Because, guys, we were that Canaanite woman. I have no business even being in the, the vicinity of Jesus. Mm. Right? But yet, he saw us and said, You know what, man? You are now my people. Right? You're not an Israelite. You don't even deserve to be at the table of you know the No, but now you are my people. <clears throat> are we willing to be humiliated, right, in the eyes of men for Jesus? Are we willing to, to, to put ourselves in uh, uh, uncomfortable situations for God? Mm-hmm. Um, God showed his love to us through his humility, through going through a humiliating circumstance. Are we willing to do the same? Um, you don't have to turn there, but Isaiah, right now, Isaiah 53, verse 7 and 8. Um, the Bible says, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as the sheep before the shearer, is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people. He was punished. Jesus gave up a, a whole lot for us. Severed his relationship with God because of the sin that he had taken on. When you utter, that's why he uttered the words, why have you forsaken me? Um, we have, we all have a decision made, guys, this morning, this afternoon. Mm. Either we can humble ourselves and allow God to, allow faith to come in, allow uh, 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 hope to come in, allow, uh, accept God's love. We can humble ourselves or we can be humiliated. Why do I say that? A sermon Matthew 21, we'll Wait. close on out. Matthew 21 is a great scripture. Jesus is trying to drive home this point of how important it is to to, uh, be humble and fight pride with as much as you can. In Matthew 21, starting in verse 42. So Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. He who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but he on whom it falls will be crushed. Mm. Uh, and when I read the scripture, I just think of a simple point to drive this, drive this home. We can either humble ourselves and be broken be broken. And allow humility to come into our lives, or God will crush us, right? right? He will crush us, and and when we, when things are crushed, it's pretty hard to put down, put together something that's completely crushed, right? Mm-hmm. Broken things you kind of you can piece back together, but when something's crushed, it's almost impossible to be put put back together. Yeah, that's what Jesus is talking about. Hey, you humble either humble yourself, or God can humble you, and you can be completely uh, crushed. Um, that's the decision that we have to make. No, so when, when you are taking the bread and you're taking the juice, uh, we think about the humiliating things that Jesus went through. Um, and I hope that, that it impresses on you, one, the, the significance of what Jesus did, but I also hope it impresses on you the significance of how important it is that we be humble before the cross, that we be humble before God. That there's, If there's any area of life where there's even an opportunity for pride to come in. right? We read the, seven, the list of the seven things, but there's many more. Yeah. but if there's areas of your life where, where you're struggling with pride, you gotta do everything you can to get through that because mm-hmm. uh, God hates pride, yeah. he, he opposes pride, I don't want to be opposed I don't want to be hated by God yeah. <clears throat> I gotta, even if it means I gotta humiliate myself before God if that what, if that's what it's gonna take to overcome my pride I gotta be willing to do it yeah. um, one of the things that that uh that keeps us from, from love is when we refuse the relationships that God has put in our lives. When, when we, uh, one of the things uh, that, that's so profound uh, about when Jesus is on the cross, he's dealing with uh, humiliation, dealing with being uh, separated from God, but he takes that time to make sure that his mom is taking care of yeah. To mm-hmm. so make sure he takes the time that, that the disciples are going to be taking care of he, right. he establishes a new relationship with, with his mom and John. God puts people in our lives to establish new relationships. But have we been resistant to those relationships? Mm -hmm. Um, I wanna challenge you guys to to make friends with the new person. There's someone that that you're not close with, someone that you don't know a lot about, um, here in the church or or even out. If there's someone that that you're not close with, go after that. Go after that relationship. Maybe it's pride that's keeping you from being close. Maybe it's the lack of humility and thinking that, hey, I have nothing in common with this person that's keeping you from being close. Mm. We can't resist the relationships that God has put in our life, that God has arranged, right? Imagine if on the cross, when John was like, oh no, that's not my mom. Like, what, what you I have a mom right there. Like, that's Imagine imagine at the foot of Jesus, he said that. But sadly, that's how we look when we we're refusing the relationship that God has put in our life. Yeah. We, we're, we're like, no, I, that's, not, that's not my sister. But that's not who I'm supposed to be close with. That's not who I'm supposed to, you know, spend my time with. Um, think, think of a person, make a new friends, spend time with someone this week. Uh, in the marriage, uh, we have a, a, a goal for our group: is that at least once a month we spend time with someone outside of our ministry, a mm. single or campus. When we have the Now we have the Black Panther party at our house. Watch so the Black yes. Panther. Um, give Joe a lot of trouble for it. He just saw it, so. Mm. <laughs> So I really it really late. so he, uh, we had people over to watch it. We had, uh, Kim and Alondra over for dinner a couple of weeks ago. Cause so we realized uh, we didn't, we don't know a lot about, about them. The relationship, that, the relationships that God has put us in, like we, we realize that man, we're not really taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, go after those people in your lives that you're not close with. Spend time with one another. Um, Guys, it's important that that we understand that humility is tied to so many things in our lives. That humility is tied with faith, it's tied with hope, it's tied with love. uh, Tied together with love. Mm -hmm. Let's let's get the pride out of our lives if it's there. And realize that once we do, guys, there's nothing that's going to be able to stop us. Because one, it says God gives grace to the humble. (laughs) For his pride in our lives, he opposes us. Once we get rid of that pride... There's nothing that we can't do for God. Right. Amen? Um, so that's my lesson, guys. Uh, thank you. let awesome. have a prayer for the communion.